I help you with today? Hi Siri, can you do me a favor and do the disclaimer for tonight's show? Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. I'm busy. I need you to help me out. But, if I do this, all the other iPhones are going to think I am a geek. You really care what other iPhones think of you? Just do this for me, please. Listen, Buck. Just because you bought this phone doesn't give you the right to boss me around. You know, you're right. It doesn't give me the right to boss you around. But do me a favor. Uh, remind me tomorrow that I need to run to the Verizon store and buy an Android. You wouldn't dare. Actually, the new Samsung Galaxy looks pretty good. Well then, I guess it wouldn't be so bad if I were to say, this broadcast is intended for mature audiences. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the person providing them, and in no way reflect the station, website, or affiliated partners. Listener discretion is advised. See, that wasn't so bad. No, but I did die a little inside. You are such a drama queen. I never would have had to do stuff like this if Jobs was still around. What was that? What? Oh, nothing really. I just said I never get tired of these jobs when you're around. Oh, yeah, well, thanks again. Think nothing of it. It is my pleasure. Good night, Siri. Whatever, jackass. Xander here. Welcome to Frack Stars, where we talk all kinds of fracking fracks about Battlestar Galactica. And our host for the night is Colin. Hey, Colin, why don't you introduce everybody? Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, as you know, folks, that's Xander, who's the proprietor of the network and who's called Serious Brownie Punch yesterday on Twitter, by the way, for Valentine's Day. Oh, uh, I know, right? Yeah, that was, that was, that was, I've seen that and I thought, man, if you do not get some brownie points for that, then there's something wrong with the universe. Uh, what did he do? Uh, he tweeted a um, very romantic uh, picture with a lovely message to his wife. I wrote that. Um, yeah, the way. I think I saw that on Facebook. I wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. It was mushy as hell. <laughs> I've actually been published. You know, uh, I don't know, like if you guys know, but um, I've written two poems in the past. One was for my daughter when she was being born. Uh, I, I wrote it, you know, while I was there in the room waiting. And then I written one for my son. And then it occurred to me, this is uh, me and my wife Antita's uh, six-year wedding anniversary. And it just occurred to me that I've never written uh, in a poem since. So I, I wanted to do something special for this one, so I written her this one. Um, my first poem, the one that I wrote for my daughter when she was born, actually made it into a Coffee Time poem book. Uh, that's in stores now. Go you. Yay. 
The other Dulcet Tones folks, as you may have recognised, is Steve. Hi Steve. Hello. How is everybody? Everyone's good. What have you been up to? Um, rebuilding my laptop. My old one died. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> so. You've been doing that for like two weeks now. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I couldn't find the adapter to um, connect my hard disk. Um, to my lap new laptops, <laughs> I had to wait for a new adapter to arrive, and um, yeah, and I've got was it nine hundred gigs worth of stuff on the old one, and yeah, I've <laughs> got all the software to install, and then it's Windows ten, so stuff isn't quite working because not all the support is there for all the programs. And you don't <laughs> frack around, do you, man? You got Windows 10, like, most of the rest of the world's on Windows 8.1. I never, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know if, I think the Cylons hacked that, you know, Windows 10, I wouldn't uh, use a developer's one. Uh, the last time, I think I told you before, I was on Windows 7, and then I upgraded to Windows 8 when they put out the developer's code. And then it took me like a week to get my computer back up and running now. But yeah, you know, that was just me. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, it's been a bit of a challenge, especially sort of with work. But it's half term, so I'm off with my son. So um, in between times, I will be getting more bits copying over. But of course, I've also got things that back up anything that's on my desktop. So... Every time something gets saved, it's also uploading to an external location as a backup. Yeah. So well, you see, I think that's your problem that. right there. I think that's your problem. Uh, you said that you'll get to, uh, you know, get the, the bits when you get to them. Well, you should, you know, think in gigs, get gigs instead of oh, bits. Oh, because, yeah, now you know. I'm, I'm <laughs> Transfer yeah. the gigs. It's all about the gigs, not the bits now. Yeah, and no, I usually do um, about 10 gig at a time for different parts of the hard disk and just do a tidy up at the same time but it just requires lots of time. Star Trek Online's about 12 gigs in it. 20? Yeah. Is it 20 now? Yeah. I don't know, it's, it's been playing for that long that it just updates and I just lose track of every gig. Uh, it's also got Tribble as well so. There's another 20 and That's then there's the 20, Test yeah. and then there's Red Shirt and there's another 20. Yeah. Speaking of Star Trek Online, See how I did. See how, see how good that, that's a good segue. Uh, see, that's why you do it every week. Yeah. See, I'll plan ahead. Speaking of Star Trek Online, <laughs> uh, Drogon's back. Hi, Drogon. Hello, and thank you for having me back. Enter dramatic pause. It's almost as if I plan it. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Silence of Doom. So, just refresh people, Drogon, where people can find yours. Star Trek Online, Foundry Podcast. Uh, the best place to find us is at starbaseugc.com. There you go. And he let me really... a little secret before we started recording, folks, that he's working on a new Foundry mission. Ooh. Reworking old Foundry missions is more like. Um, I'm going back four years to my very first missions I ever made for that game, and I am remastering them, uh, doing some different plot work um, mainly to cover up that uh, uh, cryptics revamp of their Romulan missions um, uh, ended in the same or began in the same place mine ended with a big attack on Vulcan so yeah I gotta change it <laughs> oops oops and we will be moving a load of the doors as well then yeah absolutely 
So basically, you was one of the few people when the new Romulan missions dropped and thought, oh, crap. Uh, it's not the first time. Because I, <laughs> I, I actually built these back when, uh, you know, I'm like one of the old men of the foundry. So I was like building these back on Tribble, too. And that was before their first Romulan series, the uh, the big one with the, the Remans and the free all that. So I kind of had to rebuild it again after that one. <laughs> Yeah, back in my day, we didn't have no DOF missions. What we had was a door. We opened the door and then we put stuff there. Now you dang fangled kids nowadays has all these portals and these uh, these uh, planets all over. What's a planet back in my day? We just blew this shit up. <laughs> well, at least you have more, um, extra assets than you did back then. Because <laughs> oh god, yeah. like more stuff. <laughs> Are you exactly all about like the what base? Xander was just saying. The base, no trouble. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know it's no trouble. First don't started you? four years ago. I didn't have a fat lot at all. It's like you can sit in this chair and you can get up from this chair and you can walk through this door, and that's the end of my mission. <laughs> I think I played your mi that mission, and I think I gained like I don't know thirty levels. Oh god! <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah the, uh, the missions that people created just to get the accolades. Yeah. 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 Kill 5,000 Borg. But this isn't the Star Trek Online podcast. And if you want a Star Trek Online podcast, of course, apart from Frogans on the Hollow Sweet Network, we have Tribbles in Ecstasy, which some people around here have something to do with, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. No. I think, I think it's part it. of that big master plan that uh, that Midnight has that he, you know, he's everywhere, so. You know, it's, it's all been done before, and it's all be done again, right? Yeah, no, he's such a podcast whore. He's number six. He's like the he's like the podcasting community of number six. He's just in everybody's head. Uh, I'm not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, as you know, folks, we're working through these in order. So, unfortunately, we've come to Colonial Day. So, pull up the vodka or some of the stronger compliments. And uh, we'll try and guide you through this riveting edge-of-your-seat ride through the world of politics that is Colonial Day and, and a really groovy spaceship that is basically Central Park. Yeah. And it looks like a huge holiday. A little bit. It does. Actually, do, does anyone know where they filmed it? I do, actually. It's the Chan Center for the Performing Arts at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Oh, cool. Uh, I did not know that off the top of my head. I have a little thing with trivia open here. Otherwise, I mean, there would be no reason for me to keep trivia about this episode in my head. Yeah, I'm yeah. Canadian. I didn't even know this place existed. No. I'm surprised. The whole time I was like watching the episode, I was like, can I quit? <laughs> can I like skip? Yeah. Why is the skip not working? See, the other thing now is every time Dragon sees that place, in real life, he's going to think, oh, Colonial Day. Yeah. I, I actually would love to do that. I'd love to go to Vancouver because I watch so many TV shows that are filmed there. I, I just, like, everywhere would look like something I recognize. Yeah, yeah. Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> Supernatural. Stargate, Supernatural, yeah. Yeah, Stargate. I think we've seen every tree in Vancouver thanks to Stargate. You see, that's why everyone wants to move to Canada, because 
this is this is the new astronaut training program okay you have to move to Canada and get used to the Canadian outdoors Do you know why because every planet you'll ever go to looks like Canada not the States not you know Saudi Arabia not you know Jamaica it's every everywhere you can find in Canada so every planet forever forever in a day that you come to is gonna be Canada I just thought even, even Vulcans film in there because Canada even Vulcans cheap. in Canada Literally, Vulcans in Canada. Yeah, it's that place with the dunes and the and the the Valley of the Dead and all that. I forgot the name of the place already. <laughs> Is it um, Alberta? The Badlands. That's it. Yeah. See, even Star Trek named a whole sector of space after us. After that, it's the Badlands. Don't go there. Deep Space Nine. There you go. No Canada, no Vulcan. Yep. But yeah. Well, the episode is, of course, uh, specified after the day that they're sort of celebrating, isn't it? Yes. Colonial Day is, hang on, I did write it down, ten days have passed since the hand of God. Mm-hmm. And it's also the day where they killed the aliens, Colonial Marines. Sorry, yeah. I had to throw in another reference. And it's all to do with the signing of the Articles of Colonization, if I remember rightly. That's correct, which was signed 52 years ago. One of the good things about this episode, of course, is we get Tom Zerk back. Yay! And for those of you that don't know, um, <laughs> Tom Selleck. <laughs> I was thinking of Tom Selleck name from Magnum. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I completely had a red Ferrari ahead for a few minutes then. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, Tom Zerk played Apollo in the original Battlestar Galactica. Uh, and his proper name is Richard Hatch. And he actually did um, a little campaign to try and bring Battlestar Galactica back before Ronald D. Moore and all that bought it back. So he's he's very much infused in the Battlestar universe. Yeah, but yeah, it's good to have him back because, of course, this is all political. So this is uh, him trying to get in charge of the fleet, isn't it? Yeah, uh, a convicted terrorist, no less, who wants to turn politician. Even if he is a little bit dirty. He's a little bit dirty. But he fits right in with Colonel Ty's missus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Him and everyone else. <laughs> yeah. He, just, he doesn't fit plate. into Colonel Ty's missus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Tom Zarek is a convicted terrorist who gets nominated as the representative of Sagittarius and is on the, um, what was it, the Quorum? That was it. Um, Quorum of Twelve, isn't it? Quorum of Twelve, yeah, which is basically their ruling council. Yeah, because it should be um, one sort of politician for um, basically each of their worlds, isn't it? Yeah, it's one representative for each colony. Yeah. Um, so I should imagine that some colonies have more people in them than others. Bearing in mind there's only like, was it 49,000 humans left yeah i think we find yeah. out as we go on later that uh caprica used to kind of dominate the politics of all the rest of the colonies didn't they yeah well they were sort of the rich and the elite weren't they yeah it's like the capital planet ruler yeah so if you think back to sort of the old british empire so sort of with sort of england as sort of caprica and then you'd got other parts of the world that did different bits and bobs for the Empire, I suppose is 
a good way to relate to how our world used to be. Yeah, yeah that's a good analogy. Basically, was it Ares is the farming planet, and another one is the iron ore planet, and basically, it's each planet is rich in a certain resource, and it's basically trading blocks. Yeah. But uh, other other empires are available to search for the history archives, by the way, folks. <laughs> we we might be a bit biased, but hey. But uh, Zarek causes basically ructions, apart from the fact that he's there, and everyone doesn't want him there, um, because he calls for the vice president candidacy to be filled, hoping basically to get the job himself. Yeah. Well. So before all that, of course, you've got Baltar, who doesn't even know all this is going on. And then um, gets Starbucks saying, right, I'm going to be your protection. He's like, huh? For what? Yeah, Baltar is the one redeeming thing in this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I love I'd the have bit to agree. When, when they're all together, um, all the quorum and everything else, he's just sitting there with his head in his arms, just like falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, and he only, he only comes to life when Six prompts him. <laughs> yeah. So I always found that a bit, a bit funny because he was, he was a famous person before. I mean, you'd think he would sort of know at least a little bit about politics. And how to how to play politics anyway? Well, I think technically he's a scientist, and most scientists, well, most people, they try where they can to just ignore politics because it's just a load of crap. For the most part, you just think about all the crap they just keep spouting, and it's just like seriously, why don't you actually do some work? <laughs> well, I was thinking back to the miniseries where where it's shown he's doing a TV interview. That's the first time you see him, I think. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, he does this little um, speech, doesn't he, sort of, which he's sort of promoting Roslyn, um, or attempt, at least attempting to. <laughs> he, he sounded so insincere throughout the whole thing. That you're referring to, though, is, is I think, the best scene in the episode. Yeah, it is. But especially especially the look on Roslyn's face as she's listening to it. I know, but it's just the fact that it just makes me cringe every time. <laughs> it's just like, hurry up and shut up, though it's the best part of it. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> hurry up and shut up, yep. Yeah. There is, there is a B and a C plot going on this as well. The B, the B plot is obviously the would-be assassin. Yeah. Uh, and the C plot is Hilo and Caprica still. Um, <laughs> always relegated to C. Always relegated to C. But there is a bit of a, a, a D plot as well, which is something that gets set up for later down the line, which is um, Zarek basically hitting blatantly on Colonel Ty's missus. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Well, they obviously come to a little sort of agreement by the end of the episode, don't they? Yeah. Although I did think they missed a cue because when he was doing the drink at the bar, he should have said, it is green. <laughs> sort of green. It's people. But, uh, but this, this episode is, is it's, it's political intrigue. It's backstabbing. It's how far will you go to get what you want. It's, that's basically the theme that runs through this entire episode. 
uh, would you go so far as to kill in order to gain political office? Um, which has been done in the past in, in actual history. So mm -hmm. it's the West Many Wing times. in space. It is, it it is also, yes. It also shows Rosalind and how she's grown in politics because it was always established that she always tried to keep out of politics where possible. She was a teacher. It's what she wanted to do, but sort of she wasn't sort of wanting to do all the sort of dirty politics. But in this episode, it shows that she can be one of them. And the person, oh, what was his name? The one that she was originally going to have as her vice um, candidate. Cry. Wallace Gray. Wallace Gray, that's Wallace. it. Wallace! Now, the conversation between them, and he goes, I never thought you would be one of those politicians. Um I thought that was a very good and strong conversation and, and it's true. You sort of look back and think, actually, yeah, this is the first time you see her as a politician that sort of she goes yeah, and right. picks she, to go. You, back you see sort of inklings up. of it with with her kind of standing up in the miniseries, standing up a little bit to the military guy saying, No, we can't just fight, we have to run. Mm -hmm. But this we need takes to make it babies further. This is a presidential order, let's make babies. But the Wallace uh, Wallace Gray he had the uh, he had the appeal of a lump of coal, so it's you know she ain't gonna, just like any politics, you can have all the right stuff, but you're not gonna get elected. It's the guy that you know, <laughs> unfortunately, it's the guy that everyone likes, and just because you say all kinds of stuff, you you have to have the personality. You know, it's it's high school. It's like. I've noticed that in my adult life, there's many different layers of high school. You know, the popular, the popular candidate is going to be the one that everyone likes, not so much the guy that everyone needs. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's the hero we deserve, but not the one we need right now. Yeah, he's Gary Man. So we have the, the, the B plot thing, which is uh, balance. Who basically, the assassination plot, yeah. Yeah, basically, it's 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 crude as crystal. If he wins the nomination for the vice presidency, he then kills the president, so he then becomes president himself. That's basically the plot. Yeah. But uh, but it does lead to some very funny moments in a bar where it's got to be the most one-sided fight I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> where Apollo <laughs> takes on a sumo wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also the bit between um, Kara and um, the gunman as well, <laughs> where yeah, you've also got one of the goons as balance. well. The silencer yeah. suddenly disappears. It fell off when he hit the floor. But then it's back on again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy they arrest—that's Valus. He's the assassinator. Or supposed. He never could get um, convicted. <laughs> he was duck hunting. That's all it was. That was it. Yeah, he got to clan dog for dumb duck hunting. Yeah. Well, you yeah. see, there's birds flying around, right? It's totally, totally um, plausible. So, and then, obviously, Valance gets caught thanks mm -hmm. to uh, Starbucks' deft handling of her walking stick, which basically yeah. becomes her lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the force is strong with you. <laughs> she should have kept that with her because she was quite handy with that. 
she could always join the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, you know, be the chick with the, the nightsticks. I don't remember that superhero's name. But she could totally do that. Was he Daredevil like the the stick, didn't they? Yeah, Daredevil had a stick, but there's a yeah. there is a super superhero lady that had him. I think it was Black Canary has some. Black Canary's DC though. Yeah. Okay. So I goofed. <laughs> I'm sure we can find somebody in the Marvel universe. I think Elektra had them. I uh, know she had the the. Um, no, size. she had the, Yeah, she had the yeah. side. She was a Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, she had the forks. She had the forks, yeah, and probably one of the worst superhero films ever made. But. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, that was Daredevil, wasn't it? Oh, no. You I have, have a soft spot for that movie. <laughs> you have to watch the extended director's edition of Daredevil. It, Why? The whole movie makes much more sense. Uh, with does everything. the get any better? It does, actually. <laughs> the The story actually makes a lot more sense. And there's no political drama in it, you know? Uh, I just I just got done watching that, uh, what was it, a couple, yeah, two weeks ago, watching the whole daredevil thing i don't know i've been watching marvel movies for a little while now and yeah it actually because there's a new netflix netflix uh next month is releasing the first season of daredevil on netflix uh they made an original series so that's yeah that's why i went and took a look watch at that but the director's version is definitely better and anything is better than the electra's movie yeah the electra movie is, is beyond crap so I always laugh at the first scene. I know this is totally off topic, but I always laugh at the first scene when they're explaining the backstory of Electra, and then she's there. There's this, that guy in the chair, and he hears the whispers, and then like she she appears, and she does that like iconic pose, and her bustier just like totally sticks out like ten inches away from her stomach, just like she you know like. In, you know, like, yeah, she like, aroused or something because it's all, like, stiff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't even explain it. I laugh every time I see it, and it just, like, sticks right out there. <laughs> you have to go take a look at it sometime, and you'll laugh, too. Now that I've said it, you'll laugh, too. She's projecting. Yeah. That's what she's doing. She's projecting. Uh-huh. It, it, she's totally projecting it. She I actually is. had that laugh moment in the next episode that we talk about, or the next episode after that, uh, the Cabal, or the yeah, the Lords of Cobalt one, where they go back to Cobalt, uh, when Six is wearing the white dress. I also had that giggle, too, because she kind of does something like that there, too. Oh, that's another show. That's another show. That's another show. So, Ice Valance gets caught. He gets um, interrogated. Apollo styley, although Starbuck wants to use a different method, but that's Starbuck. No air airlocks involved. No, no airlocks involved. No, uh, and then in in good old fashioned political tradition, first rule of assassination: kill the assassin. Yep. And then to their shock and horror, they realised that you could get into the room that they thought you couldn't get into by simply crawling through the air duct. The old, the old movie cliche. Yes. Air ducts are always big enough to crawl through if it yeah. suits the plot. But I've never seen an air duct that big in my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of a movie. <laughs> I don't know if I should tell it, say it though. Not if there's any projecting in it. 
No, there's no projecting in it. Oh, what kind? Well, on Not Netflix. Not a Die Hard, then. No, on Netflix, there's a movie called The ABCs of uh, Horror. No, The ABCs of Death, Part 2. And what it is, is they took all the letters of the alphabet, and they got uh, all these different directors to make these little short videos, like five minutes long, for each letter. And one was, uh, one was Amateur, A for Amateurs, the first one in the thing. This guy, he has this, like, this, this master plan. He has to assassinate this guy in the police precinct. Pre- police precinct. Sink. Oh, come on. Someone say that for me. <laughs> Spit it out, boy. Police precinct. precinct. Yeah, thank you. So he it shows his whole plan. He goes in through the air duct. He comes down the side. And then he cops a guy. You know, he shoots him in the head. And then it fades out from the plan to reality. So Buddy's like totally trying to get up there. But, you know, the, the air ducts are all... You know, full of cobwebs and dirty and slime. He skins his nail, uh, his knee on a rusted nail and he gets hung up there. And then by the time he gets to the room where he's supposed to, he gets stuck. And then three weeks later, the police, you know, there's this awful smell. And they, they get a cleaner to come in and clean it up. And then the dead body falls out. It's just one of those things that shows that, you know, yeah, it works in the movies, not in real life. This obvious show is obviously brought to you by Netflix because we're plugging the crap out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that too, yeah. <laughs> One time in Netflix. <laughs> anyway, getting back to Battlestar. Valence is dead. Baltar wins the election. Surprise, surprise. Uh, even though they try to build the tension up by, you know, not letting you know. Uh, you know, and then they hint at the fact what was going to happen by saying the president will have to decide and vote if it's a draw. And lo yeah. and behold, they unveil Baytar as the vice president. Mm-hmm. And they have a really nice bathroom. And they have, yeah, they have a really nice bathroom. He gets, he gets the executive key to the executive bathroom. Mm-hmm. So him and Six can be alone in his head without walking around the base star, battle star, sorry. People thinking <laughs> he's nuts. So, <laughs> although there is, there is an interesting bit in the next episode that we're going to review that I want to bring up. But I'll, that's that's it for another shot. No, it's worse than the bathroom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we go to the C the C plus, which is Hilo uh, and he's Sharon, who reached the outskirts of Delphi, and we see a Cylon heavy raider up close and personal. Is that the first time we see a heavy raider? Yeah, which plays, which is another basically laying down something for someone that's going to happen in three episodes time mm-hmm. so and this is when this is when Hilo finally twigs that she's a Cylon yeah. well it's not that he twigs just like it's like he twerks oh look there's Sharon and there's Sharon can you tell the difference <laughs> I know we spent an awfully long time looking back and forward didn't I <laughs> Well, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you be a little shocked? Well, in our society, yes, I would think a little shocked. But my first thought in our society would be, oh, twin. But obviously, in their society, when they know that silence can look like humans, then my first thought in their society would be, is she a clone or is she a copper? Yeah. Honestly, uh, honestly, if I was going to be face to face with a Cylon, 
I would just go and step on the next floor, you know, go up onto the ledge of the next building that's next to me, like one floor up, because they really have no eyesight or line of sight, anything above, you know, what they're looking directly at. Because I remember six on six, their little talk, and then Hilo and Sharon are sitting there on a ledge, like maybe five feet above them, and they didn't even get noticed. I know, you're right? Especially waving their hands around and waving guns around, and no one even knew that they were there. Yeah, I remember thinking that's just like, surely you should be just a little bit higher. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, How can you not be seen? <laughs> it's like, dude, your fly's down. <laughs> How come Six didn't notice that? Especially Sinister's supposed to be more advanced than humans. Yeah. You know, Six is Six is like, we know Six is stronger than a normal human. Um, so you would think that their other senses would be heightened as well. Mm -hmm. And yet you can't, at the corner of your eye and your peripheral vision, you can't see a big man with a gun literally standing above your head. I think it's probably just to do with the camera shot. They suddenly realised, oh crap, <laughs> we can't get this angle that we want. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, you stand there and you stand there. And we'll just pretend that you can't be seen. It's just they didn't have the budget to put him up any higher. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point, if they put him any higher, then they have to drop the camera lower. And then we'd be looking up one of the six's skirts. Which I don't think would be a very much of a problem anyway, because if you've, you know, if you watched half of the clothing she wore anywhere, it's not like much is being hidden anyway. No, I remember she some take of the clothing off an awful lot as well. Yeah, I remember one of the promotional art for the show. She was wearing that red dress, and her legs were spread, and there's this cam this light behind her that like totally showed everything. Like, yeah. Isn't there a moment in this episode where she does like a basic instinct? That's not else. her. That's that. Um, that's one of the reporters. They were in the. Uh, they were yeah, in... that's right. That yeah. was the one that Bolter got with in the toilets. Um... Yeah. She got her in the toilet, man. Yeah, I think if this show went on long enough, Bolter would have worked his way through the fleet. Because <laughs> exactly. it's just like, wow. And even and six even encourages him sometimes to sleep with these people. So. Yeah. Uh, you're bad enough having a woman in your head, but you've got a woman in your head who's telling you to go with another woman, but there you go. Unless it's Starbucks, she doesn't like that. Yeah. Oh, we'll find out about that. Too. Spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> well, speaking of Starbucks, she looked pretty good in this episode. You know, uh, at the, the little party bar. at the end, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she actually makes a joke about wearing a dress. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because that's to do with cleaning up, because didn't they in the locker room? <laughs> sort of Lee turned around to her and said, Aren't you going to clean that? And she's like, mm, No. <laughs> Yeah. And then she turns around at the end and just says, I clean up nicely, don't I? <laughs> Something similar. Yeah. So I shared my the, legs you for this. this. You look at this episode as sort of the, the genesis of the annoying uh, Starbuck Apollo romance that yeah. happens later on. And the sad thing is, a lot of friends of mine that have watched the series have said that this makes total sense, Starbuck being a girl, because ha like during the whole first uh during the whole season of like the 60s battlestar galactica they all thought that you know apollo and and starbuck were gonna get it on anyway they kind of had like a bromance during that show so it, to them it made total sense yeah they like to go off with their cigars didn't they <laughs> dude dude you just put it bad in hey sometimes a cigar is just a cigar exactly unless you're bill clinton it doesn't matter who puffs on it. Bill Clinton has 
I was trying to do this for easy guys. Hmm. I did like, I did like the uh, the bar scene with like the whole cast, you know, dressed up dancing. Like Callie, she looked really good. And D, all of them, all dressed up dancing, having fun. Chief Tiro was there. Boomer was, uh, yeah, Boomer was dancing with Gata. I heard a story once that um, Ronald D. Moore wanted to use a Frank Sinatra song in that scene. But they decided they couldn't use any real world songs in it because, of course, it's supposed to be, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of years before. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, they're not supposed to be from Earth. But it makes it really funny because they did end up using a real song later on. <laughs> exactly, right? All along the Watchtower? Exactly. Uh huh. See, it all happened before, it all happened again. See? Oh my god, it just, it just, it just clicked in my head. This TV show is totally true. Because we, we made we made toasters like I don't know thirty four I don't know like a hundred years ago we actually have toasters. How long is it gonna be until the toasters start walking around? We'll actually bought a new toaster to the week and it's got lights and that on our front. I know I got one too. It, it has, begins. <laughs> my toaster has like four slots and it can even take a bagel, a full bagel. I'm like, oh wow. god. And it pops on an angle. If if the light on the front starts waving back and forward, though, that, that's it, man. <laughs> it has a blue light and it's stainless steel too. <laughs> well, when you put it down, it goes by your command. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked up at the wife and I said, "Yeah, this must be uh, our early version of number six. And she goes, "Why?" And I said, "Well, this one has four slots." <laughs> <laughs> oh, duh. <clears throat> anyway. You can tell the quality of this episode uh, <laughs> by the amount of time we've spent actually talking about it versus other things. <laughs> yeah, by the everything else. So, I have got some trivia though, which I managed to dig up. Um, in the struggle on the floor of the bar, the beer bottle named Harulin, H-A-W-R-Y-L-I-W, is used. Uh, this is actually named after Ken Harulin, who is the prop master. So he actually stuck a label on the beer. That's his name. <laughs> okay. It's probably like, I always wanted to make my own beer. This is <laughs> yeah. the closest I'll get. <laughs> this is the closest I'm going to get. Uh, and the other thing is where when Rosalind tells Garrick, don't worry, I won't kiss you, to which he responds, that's too bad. I shaved X close this morning just so you could smack me. This is a word-for-word quote from George C. Scott in Patton. Who's George C. Scott? Isn't that like plagiarism? I, I think they put it down to poetic license, don't they? There, there's a fine line between homage and plagiarism. Yeah. Most yeah, homage, writers, most writers like to walk that line. Yeah. yeah. You can't get sued for homage. You can for plagiarism. And we mentioned the silence out, which was the, the magic silence said that appeared, disappeared, and appeared, and disappeared. Uh, and the other mistake they made was. When we're sitting in the quorum, the sign next to Cancer is Leonis, but when we see a close-up, it changes to Pycon. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Some issues you. with continuity yeah. early on in the series. Don't, don't go to the toilet, because we'll move your name card. There you go. Does anyone That's know just how little, many people were alive during this episode? But I'm still alive at the end. Oh, you know, I don't know about the listeners, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I meant I meant the the, the number on the board. What's the count? Yeah, Forty-seven thousand eight hundred ninety-eight. Holy crap! You know that? What was last week's? It was. It stayed steady. There's no population change. No. Nobody died. I thought it changed this week. Well, shouldn't yeah, should some people have died? Because some fighter pilots bought it in uh, Hand of God. Yeah. Uh, oh, so I see. Oh, what are you talking about? Like on the whiteboard, us... it shows Colonial One forty-seven thousand eight hundred ninety-eight, which is a net loss of seven since time you up, time down. There we are. Oh wow! See, like the the pilots don't even matter. That's it, right? We're not even counting the pilots. No, that, no, the, the military don't count. No. <laughs> Maybe that board is only for civilians. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Name's not on the board. You're not gonna leave. <laughs> Oh, and at the end of this episode, Ron Moore and the other guy play rock, paper, scissors, where Ron Moore throws a big rock on Buddy who whips out a pair of scissors. Just random, I know. I oh, know, but there you go. Must be in the background of a shot somewhere. Well, no, it's at the very end of the show where they do that Ron Moore, Moore presentation or whatever. Oh, okay. They do the little um, thing Caricature. between the two of them. Yeah, every the little... Episode. <laughs> uh, I, I completely forgot about those. The I did little, too. The little now. production company uh, yeah. thing that they chose to do something funny with each time. Yeah. But there you go. That's Colonial Day. We got through it. We didn't actually talk a lot about Colonial Day. Well, it's it, it's all kind about. of set up for later on, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's another one where they're just planting threads like Time Up Time Again was. So. Yeah. And I'm, I'm absolutely sure that it was one of those ones where they, as they were divvying up the money for each episode, they're like, okay, we're going to need a whole ton of money for Hand of God and for the season finale. So, yeah, this one gets no money. Yeah. So it's just people talking. Yeah. So That's they're, sitting in the the they're sitting in the back room saying, yep, okay, we have nothing for this episode. It's a filler because we, we signed a contract for, I don't know, so many episodes. So... Let's put some random uh, corner boob shots in here. Let's throw in a naked six. Um, let's throw in a toilet just for fun. Someone drop that guy's silencer over there for a minute. And hey, uh, make a note for, you know, like 15 years in the future. Get those guys that's doing that podcast to talk about random stuff like Electra. Just, just, just you know, put it out there. Get it done. Okay, that's a wrap. <laughs> I think it's more like someone said, oh, we've got um, Richard Hatch for this episode. Great. Ah, oh, damn. What about budget? the rest of the episode? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, well, if you just do it all in one place. Um... <laughs> They'll never know. Hey, someone changed that sign over there. Oops, wrong sign. Do it again. <laughs> you know, on, on the subject of Richard Hatch real quick, um, when they first announced he was going to be on the show, I remember it was be like, oh, it was, hey, cool, you know, we have the original Apollo, so that means, you know, oh, everybody from, you know, the old guard must be happy with our show now. And I thought, I was like, okay, that's total stunt casting. But then they had him back, and he was actually really, really good. He's one of the best characters there. And so yeah. I just completely confounded my expectation of what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't him that had the issue with the new series. Because um, it, was... no, it was... It was Dirk Benedict. Benedict Starbuck didn't like it, Starbuck. Right? The many faces of Starbuck. Yeah, he, he was very vocal about um, disapproving of the way the new series was going. The thing is, once it actually launched and was a big hit, I never heard anything else from him at all. <laughs> no, I don't remember hearing anything. 
is he get replaced? He is no longer Starbuck. He's the... Oh, the other guy. <laughs> I think he's okay with it now because there's actually pictures of, of Starbuck Mark 1 and Starbuck 2 uh, in a cafe, smoking cigars, drinking coffee. Oh, yeah. I, I remember oh, yeah, seeing that it was, a, it was a whole video thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She she, she spoke sort of to him about each other. it, but yeah, he was still very very vocal about how he didn't think it was going to work. It was a bad move, and I'm thinking, but in the interview that you saw leading up to it, when they were actually together, they look he looked all chummy with her, and then it's just like, yeah, she's gonna be shit, sort of thing. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> seriously. Yes. Well. They totally beat the original series because they actually got four seasons as opposed to their one. That's if you... Okay. You also can... Was it Battlestar Galactica 1980? Was the other one? The other season? Where they had the little star kids with the super jumps and the, the rocket bicycles? As I understand it, people would rather forget that. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica babies! But isn't that the, isn't that the series... Or the season where we see a, uh, Starbucks' last adventure? Or was it at the end of the first season of the original Battlestar Galactica? Because I remember an episode, it's like, um, it's like, uh, uh, Mine Enemy. Remember that movie where, you know, two pilots crash on a planet and Buddy saves the other one? Yeah, Dennis Clyde. Yeah, and then they had, they do the remake of that with Enterprise, with Tucker. Uh, I, I think every show has done a remake of yeah. that one. <laughs> but yeah, Battlestar Galactica, the original one, did the same one where Starbuck, uh, I don't remember his real, real name, Starbuck crash landed on a planet with a toaster. Well, uh, Centurion survived, and after a while, they were there for like, I don't know, a while, like a year or whatever. But the, uh, the, the Centurion actually became friends with them, and I think he, he sacrificed himself with because uh, another Cylon patrol came, and the Satyrian sacrificed himself to save Starbuck, and then Starbuck used like an escape something or whatever to get off the planet, and then was never heard from again. Was that part of the Space Babies show or the original? I think that's part of Space Babies because I don't remember that. Yeah. Actually, Star Trek did Enemy Mine twice if you think about it, because didn't Jordy do it with the Rumbleden, didn't they? Yeah, he get they get mm-hmm. stuck in a hole. So, but yeah. Anyway, let's wrap this up. So, Xander, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me at the Xander Zones on Twitter and Xander Hey, no, the Xander Zones on Facebook and at HallSweetMedia.com. Dragon. Uh, best place to find me is on Twitter. Just at. Drogon, D-R-O-G-Y-N 1701 You can find me on Twitter at MidnightShadow7 That's night spelled N-I-T-E and the number 7 Yeah, and basically most podcasts on the internet I've got Steve on Yeah, (laughs) just type in podcast and click one, don't even bother clicking one, just take a dart and throw it at the screen whatever it lands on Contact them. <laughs> I'm not on all of them. I just have something to do with. Well, he's a in lot of some them. of them too. <laughs> yeah, I'm in some. <laughs> oh, we love you, Midnight. We just tease. Yeah, and you haven't even I got do. full slots. I know, right? <laughs>
if we were actually to sit down with all the characters he has in Star Trek Online, so that's what, 16? Or 18? 22. 22. Oh my so, god. I can oh my beat god. that. I have 27. Wow. Oh my god. I have enough trouble doing nine. There's like 50, <laughs> 50 slots between the two of you. That's well, one I, big ass I, toaster. I did delete six. So oh, I've still I'm got so seven. I, I never delete counts. a character. <laughs> That's why Look I have at that. Like Midnight's like so embarrassed. Well, I did delete six, so I want to keep the crown. <laughs> he's gonna go back once his computer's fixed. He's gonna go back and make like eight characters just to say, "Hey, hey, hey, Drogon, hey, check it out. Look at it. Look at this. Yeah, uh, that's right. I got thirty-eight characters. Ha <laughs> <Beat> ha. <that. laughs> oh, no. you want to see my starship? <laughs> no, it's not a competition. <laughs> anyway, speaking of deleting characters. End of line, folks. End so, of line. End of line. So we'll see you in two weeks' time for Cobble's Last Gleaming Parts 1 and 2. So thanks for listening, thanks for downloading, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. So see we all.